0: Welcome to the Creating Your Best Self podcast with your hosts, David N. Johnson. And I am T. LaVon Lawrence. The Creating Your Best Self podcast is all about personal change. It's about creating the very best version of yourself so that you can help others achieve the same. It's about living your life with intent, gratitude, and a deep level
1: of self-worth and happiness. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the fourth of four pillars for living your best life we're going to talk about career success and how to balance passion, purpose, and productivity. Stay tuned.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our series on the four pillars of creating your best life. As team mentioned in the opening we're diving into the final and perhaps most tangible pillar, our careers. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jobs, they can be tough. They can be demanding, and sometimes they may even feel unfulfilling. But hold on, because we're not just talking about jobs here. We're discussing careers, passion-filled paths that not only bring in the paycheck, but also give our lives a sense of purpose and direction. In this episode, we're going to unwrap six essential elements of achieving career success while also maintaining that crucial balance with our health, relationships, and spirituality. We'll be discussing, um, first be the passion and purpose, which is how to find what truly lights you up and use it to drive your career, continual learning and skill development, which is the importance of remaining a lifelong student and constantly evolving in your professional journey, three, work-life balance. Ah. Ah, yeah, that's an important one, right, T? And yeah, reason, it is. The, you know that, there's a reason why we left this to the fourth pillar because a lot of times when they think of success, most people see career as the only thing that dictates whether they are a success or not. And so yep. we left it number four on purpose because it's important to have that work-life balance. Because if you truly want to live your best life, if you truly want to create something that transcends, then you have to understand the importance of work-life balance. So we're going to talk about ways to ensure that your career complements your life instead of consuming it. Fourth, network and relationships at work and why it's crucial to force strong bonds in your professional arena and how to do it effectively. Uh, fifth is resilience and adaptability is how to bounce back from career setbacks and be flexible in the face of change. Very important. Oh, yeah. and, the, and the sixth one is personal branding and self-promotion. So we're gonna go over strategies for becoming your own cheerleader. I love that one. I love look, that look at that. He's already being a cheerleader right now, right? Woo-hoo. So <laughs> strategies for becoming your own cheerleader and making your mark in your field. Now I remember when I first I first stepped into my career, you know, juggling between like the demands of work and my personal life, you know, wife and kids and all of this stuff, it kind of felt like a circus act. But through these key components, I was able to create a balance and derive satisfaction from my work. So sit back. Grab a notepad and grab a pen because we do want you to take notes, but we want you to get ready uh, ready for a deep dive into creating a fulfilling, uh, balanced, and of course, successful career. So let's empower ourselves to take control, to overcome challenges and make positive changes in our own career path. Now, remember, your career is not just what you do. It's a significant part of who you are. So, T, go ahead and take the lead. Get things started off with the first of the six essential elements, um, and uh, let's go. Let's go into it.
1: Well, continual learning and skill development, folks. I got that is close to my heart. I'm telling you from personal experience that when you can rely on nothing else, you can rely on learning. Learning is a thing that will get you out of and into any situation. There's nothing you can dream of that you can't figure out a plan for and then learn how to do. Uh, You can learn how to become something uh, and you can learn to correct your course and make a better path faster and more efficient to where you want to go. Besides having passionate, amazingly productive work ethic that screams to the world that you're ready for business, the number one habit you must, and I repeat, must make your own is continual learning and study in your field of expertise or ambition. Now, one of my favorite mentors on the topic was a wonderful man named Earl Nightingale, and he taught millions of people how to lead more successful lives. Now, Mr. Nightingale taught that in addition to having a great work ethic where you do more than you're paid for, you must acquire the habit of studying and learning in your field for at least one hour a day. Now, I've seen 30 minutes, et cetera, one hour a day, and he proposed doing so because within three years of doing this kind of gold mining for one hour, and that's what he called it, gold mining, for one hour a day, you would be a world-class expert within three years. And I have personally proven this to be true. I have lived this principle, and it has totally changed my life and turned me into a lifelong learner. There's no easier or more reliable way to reach beyond your comfort zone and its life results to get you to the next higher level in every area. Daily study and practice. Lifelong learning. I have personally lived by this principle and it has totally changed my life and turned me into a lifelong learner. There is no easier or more reliable way to reach beyond your comfort zone and its life results to get up to the next higher level in every area daily study and practice in addition to that there are areas that you need to study and practice on and there are three three types of skills and you'll you'll hear about the the first two which are hard skills and soft skills but the one you really should pay attention to especially if you're starting out is the intangibles skills development. Now, hard skills. You want to work on your hard skills because they're specific technical knowledge and training that can be measured and usually specific to a particular type of job. Now, hard skills can be obtained through hands-on experience or education. Me personally, um, I do my training through Google. I do training through Udemy. Um, I do training... Through LinkedIn Learning, of course, I hit the library, I buy books on Amazon, etc. The other area you want to work on is soft skills development. Now, soft skills are your interpersonal skills that help people communicate and interact effectively. Now, they're more akin to personality traits and can't be measured in the same way as hard skills. Uh, Skills like empathy, creativity, collaboration, Emotional intelligence and time management. Now, of course, time management is a can be a hard skill because you can adopt a particular system. But I've seen a trend over the past few years where time management is moving more toward prioritization than fl- than following hard schedules. Uh, your people are looking to do what's most important rather than to follow A, B, C, D uh, on the clock. Uh, and it, it it depends on your personality, but. Uh, In addition to hard skills and soft skills that you need to develop, you want to go for the intangibles. Intangibles are God's gift to you. They are the things that will allow you to go into areas that you would normally not have access to. Now, in the marketing world, we have a concept that businesses use to convince customers to choose one service over another. That secret is called differentiation. It's where we highlight the positive, beneficial differences that make one company uniquely suited over another to answer the client's needs. And this is on behalf of the client. We do the work for them or we set things up so that they can choose the most effective solution. Now, intangibles are a great way to even the playing field against competitors or even your allies who have more skills, more experience, or more resources. Now, with intangibles, you can even surpass better options by highlighting values, beliefs, approaches, and promises that you can fulfill that others can't or will not deliver. For example, someone else may have a swanky office a beautiful lobby, a business membership at the country club for their clients, and they may have a winning personality and a Porsche. Now you, on the other hand, you might be more honest, more focused, more eager, more willing to sacrifice, show up earlier, stay later, show more concern for the personal uh, details of the client, Uh, And all manner of intangible characteristics that can vault you over somebody who has less passion, less attention to detail, et cetera. Now, the great thing about intangible assets is that you can choose what characteristics are of the greatest value to others and for yourself. And you can set to work on making those intangibles your own. Nobody can stop you. This will allow you to more fully express your potential and supercharge your passion and your purpose, as well as that of the people you network with. Now, speaking of passion and purpose, they are absolutely necessary if you want to enjoy your life and your career. David, the audience wants to know more about it. What do you have for us when it comes to letting purpose and passion fuel our career growth? Well, if they want to know more about it, then let's give them what
0: they want. So, Yeah! (laughs) All right. Thanks, T. That's a that's a hell of a lot of great information that you just imparted on. This. So I hope everybody was taking notes and really diving into that. Right. Because yeah, a they big probably
1: hit- yeah, probably got uh, uh stress, in you know, repetitive stress syndrome from writing all that.
0: <laughs> probably. Well, see, this one thing that T and I really have thought about a lot and talked about in the past, especially when it comes to this podcast is, you know, we can, we can talk all day long, right? I think both of us are just one of those people that can just talk on any given topic just over and over and over again to the detriment of the people listening to us sometimes. But you know, <laughs> we, we don't want you to just cognitively know these, uh, know these. We don't want you just to be able to regurgitate them. We want you to feel them. We want you to live them. We want you to be more successful and happier in life because we share this information with you. And the only way that's going to happen is if you do. Don't just write. Make
1: it real.
0: Yes, right? If you're going to dream big, right, you might as well do because if you don't, then it's never going to happen, right? Yeah. So so let's keep going with our second component of a fulfilling career, which is passion and purpose. Now, I bet if I ask each one of you to recall a time when you felt most alive, most invigorated in your work, you recount a story that's drenched in passion. Every word that you would tell me about it would be passionate. You would just exude it. And you know why that is? it's because passion has the power to transform those mundane tasks into exciting challenges yeah. it can take it can take an ordinary job and turn it into a thrilling career now you might be thinking well that sounds great but uh how do i find my passion right you know, we've all hey, talked. Dave, to- yes, Dave,
1: I, let me yes. Inter- Let me inter- I, I hate inter- to interrupt you. Actually, like, no, you don't. Just go. Yeah, go I, it. it's so. dude, what you just said. It changes a boring job into an irresistible, insatiable passion. I'm telling you, that is so important. Oh, it it, it really makes a difference. Really absolutely, absolutely. And that goes
0: back to what I just what I just said is how do I find that passion, right? And so, yeah. there's a lot of ways that you can find the passion, and so. Let's just, we're going to kind of go over some things here a little bit to kind of give you an idea of how you find it. And I know that's kind of like that old, you know, trope, you know, I've heard this a million of times, find your passion, but I can't find something that I'm passionate about. But I hear that more than anything out of people. Oh my gosh. Right. So that means you just got to, we'll talk about it. Right. So I just want everyone to know that it's definitely something that I've grappled with too. Right. I'm a very passionate person. That's just, that's just who I am. That's part of my personality. But I've all I've grappled with it too, um, and not in things I've been passionate about. Sometimes that kind of it waxes and wanes, right? Uh-huh. But the journey to identifying your passion involves a good deal of self discovery. If that's yep. anything you take away from anything of these six episodes that T and I have done, itself is the importance of self discovery. But the best part of this is it's not a one-size-fits-all. What that means is I can't just give you a bunch of things, hey, do this, do this, do this, boom, you found yourself, and now you have your passion, right? It's something that is deeply, deeply personal. It's a, it's a beautiful blend of introspection, trying new experience, and sometimes venturing into unfamiliar territories. And risking um, failure. Absolutely, yeah. right? You have to be able to risk failure if you want to get more than you currently have. If you're scared of that failure, then it's going to keep you on the couch. Get off that couch. Right. So I recall an instance from my earlier twenties, and I was exploring. I was exploring different fields. I was I was dabbling in, in in various roles, and it was during this exploration that I stumbled upon marketing and realized how much I enjoy data. Now I know that sounds weird. All right, all right, but I do. I enjoy the data, uh, how I can impact the business's bottom line, and the joy that it sparked within me. So the idea here is to kind of just remain open to, to remain curious and to give yourself
1: the freedom to explore. And can that, I interrupt one more time? You're going to do I it. Wanna, Go for it. I know, I want to say something. <laughs> I was it. there. Okay. After you made that decision and I'm telling you the passion you brought to it, it, it got me in the marketing. I was, I mean, the fact that you went through and you told me about some of the stuff you did before you got into marketing mm-hmm those things were just not, they, they just weren't big enough for you, man. You needed marketing. It was there waiting for you and it absolutely needed you to be there. And that's why it was good that you tried all this stuff and risked failure to get to that one thing. Yeah. And that goes back to that very last thing I said,
0: um, uh, is to give yourself the freedom to explore and yeah. that's important. It goes. It goes back into the whole the whole risk reward and being adverse to failure. Is you got to give yourself the freedom to explore new things and don't just stick on the path, the unfulfilled, uh, no passion path that you're currently
1: on. It, learn to explore new things, right? Uh, so, dude, there's nothing sadder than people who grew, get into their later years of their life. People I know, and they don't have that. It's right. sad. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, so so once you discovered that passion, right, you'll 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 notice a massive change, not in just how you perceive your work, but also in how you perform. Right, mm-hmm. it's 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 almost a magical equation and um, uh, passion equals productivity. Simple equation, right? Passion equals productivity. So pretty good, yeah. <laughs> very simple, right? Right. So when we are passionate, that's Einstein level. Not joking. All right. So when, <laughs> when 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 we are passionate about what we do. We're more engaged. We're uh-huh. more innovative and our output skyrocket. So think about it. When you love what you do, isn't it easier to pour your heart and soul into it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. See, but here's where the magic truly happens. When you align your career with your passion, you find purpose. Purpose is the bridge that connects what you love to do with a meaningful outcome. It's about contributing to something that is bigger than yourself. It's not, it's not an overnight process by no means, but it does take time. It takes patience. And sometimes, going back to it, just a little bit of trial and error. So, yep. so my advice is just start by asking yourself a simple, simple question. What brings me joy? What am I naturally drawn to? You know, what gets me out of bed in the morning? What am I what do I gravitate towards? What's the first thing that I think about in the mornings and the first thing I think about before I go to bed? Right? Then then just try a bunch of different experiences. Allow yourself to be curious. Remember, give yourself that freedom and do not be afraid to step outside of that comfort zone.
1: Uh-huh. Once
0: you discover once you discover that passion, align it with a purpose that adds value, not just to your life, but to others as well. And, and incidentally, this is one of the reasons why we're even doing this podcast because mm-hmm. we are passionate about helping other people, right? And so this brings us an immense amount of joy to come here and just record our voices and just, you know, hopefully that it just a million people listen to it, right? Not yet. We'll get there, but we have goals, (laughs) right? So, but one thing I want you to remember though, it's not a straight path and that's okay. The important thing though is to embark on this journey of self-discovery and you'll be surprised by where it may lead you. So what do you do when you have lost that joy you once had? So not all of us love what we do, unfortunately. So here kind of, Let's see, one, two, three, yeah, five. So here are five strategies to help you find joy in a career that you may not find fulfilling. One last, interrupt before you start. All right, go for it.
1: People, this is so important, especially if you're young. What Dave is about to tell you, will prevent a lot of misery and unhappiness. If you have a job or a career that you're not happy in, and all you do every day is think about something else, listen to the next five suggestions that Dave offers. Dave,
0: take it away. Yeah. uh, In other words, I'm about to lay it on you. All right. So first is find meaningful tasks. Try to identify aspects of your job that you find enjoyable or meaningful. Even, doesn't matter how small they are, right? Sometimes the smaller ones are even better, right? So, but find the small task that can still provide a sense of satisfaction, accomplishment. So make it a point to focus on these tasks and then acknowledge the joy that it brings you. And that's important. Don't just find those small tasks that you enjoy, but acknowledge it because sometimes it's easy just to focus on the negative. We forget to focus, we forget there's a
1: positive there. So acknowledge that
0: joy, ask it.
1: Okay. Uh, when it comes to meaningful tasks, um, do they have, do they basically ask themselves and they wait, they picture something and wait for a feeling that tells them, okay, this means something to me. Is that what they're doing? Well, or, yeah. yeah. I, I or guess. is it meaningful because your boss told you so?
0: <laughs> the former. <laughs> the former. Okay. So. Second is create, create a positive work environment. Now I understand that this isn't always easy for everybody because maybe their work environment isn't positive, but that doesn't mean that you can't make it positive for your environment. So, mm-hmm. so the people in the environment you surround yourself with will significantly impact your mood. So create a positive kind of welcoming workspace around you, connect with colleagues that you enjoy spending time with and just try to, try to foster a sense of community, right? So, Celebrate those small victories together, right? Support each other in challenging times and make your work environment as joyful as possible.
1: Three. The more love, the better.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Three is cultivate a growth mindset. Now T talked about this a little bit already, but make sure that you adopt a growth mindset, one that embraces challenges as opportunities for learning. So what, so these can actually help you find joy even in those difficult situations. So it can transform your, your perspective on your job and make you more resilient and adaptable to change, which we're actually going to talk about here uh, shortly. But mm-hmm. number four is is practice mindfulness. I am like, oh, mindfulness. We've all heard about this, but it's
1: true. Dude, that's, right? that's good stuff right there.
0: I agree, right? So mindfulness um, is the practice of being fully present and engaged in the moment. And it can really help you to kind of reduce stress and increase job satisfaction. And it does this by, by helping you to focus on the task at hand rather than worrying about past mistakes or future challenges. And you can really find enjoyment in that whole process itself. And it keeps you focused on what you're currently working on. And number five is to pursue personal interests. If your current job isn't fulfilling, see what you can do to find joy outside of work that can still contribute to your overall happiness. Uh, pursue hobbies. Um, other interests or side projects that bring you joy, these activities can help replenish your energy and really will give you a, a fresh perspective, making the workday more bearable. Now, remember, these strategies can help you find joy in the present situation, but if you're consistently unhappy in your job, it might be worth exploring other career paths that align better with your passion and skills. Remember, give yourself the freedom to explore Um, Another way that you can find passion
1: and purpose at work
0: is through networking and relationships. So T, what do you have to say about that?
1: Networking is the social juice that makes achievement fun and it opens the door to opportunity. Networking is when you connect either physically or online with people who are of the same goals, ambitions, and values as you for the purpose of achieving something better than you can do all by yourself. Now, networking provides otherwise unexplored opportunities. And earlier, David uh, talked about uh, pursuing personal interests outside of work. If your work isn't particularly enjoyable, um, networking is a good way to do that. And the reason being is what you do outside of work should bring you enough joy that you can bring it back to work with you and create a golden opportunity and environment for other people and yourself. Now, Uh, it gives you unexplored opportunities, but there's a reason for that. And I'll explain it in a second. Getting together with like minds moving in the same direction gives you the beneficial, I'm sorry, gives you the benefit of additional perspectives and brain power. And this is the important part. This is in keeping with the think and grow rich principle of mastermind. When it comes to your career success and even if you're running a business, there is no more important activity than networking with other people because you're going to need other people in order to get wherever you want to go because nobody does it alone and no man is an island. Um, Ever heard of the spiritual concept of wherever two or more of you are gathered in my name, there I will be also? That's what happens when you're networking, as Napoleon Hill famously taught, that when two minds come together in a spirit of harmony, a virtual third mind is created, one that using the combined resources and talent and potential of your network can move you and everybody else ahead faster and with more joy. The power of networking boosts your own knowledge. It increases your skill through exposure to other people who may be ahead of you or who may, who may have more experience. The value can't be overstated. Getting around the right people has the power to lift you up and carry you to the next level as it exposes you to better job and business opportunities while simultaneously exposing your talents to people who are looking for what you have to offer, both in your skills and your positive intangibles, like a great work ethic. Now, finally, networking rewires your brain. It changes your neural networks and aims them for better social growth and personal expansion by widening your world view and offering you countless reasons to create your best self. Now, networking helps build relationships in the workplace, and it's not about the money. Of course, I mean, well, you want to get paid, everybody wants to get paid, but you're looking for something more than just financial reward. You're looking for satisfaction. Uh, you're looking to uh, go through life with a little more adventure. And when you're networked with people, that's easier to do. Now, One of my favorite insights into the value of networking comes from Porter Gale. Now, Porter Gale is an internationally famous and published expert on networking. She's published a book that sums up the insight quite nicely. And the name of the book is Your Network is Your Net Worth. By cultivating strong networking relationships, you can work with others to more easily achieve your goals. Building strong relationships with colleagues, clients, and other stakeholders can help to establish trust and open lines of communications, creating a positive and productive work environment. Here are some key reasons why cultivating strong networking relationships is important. First, collaboration. Establishing strong relationships with colleagues can foster a collaborative work environment where ideas can be openly shared leading to better problem solving and decision making. Folks, it's just easier when you got a team to run with. It provides learning opportunities. Networking with individuals from different backgrounds and industries can expose you to new perspectives and ideas. It provides learning opportunities that can help you grow professionally. I have lived this over and over again. I have been uplifted by the knowledge and the skills and experience of the people around you, around me. And it has fed me and nourished me and made me into a better person. It's actually fired me up a lot more. Okay. So you've got learning opportunities and then you've got career advancement. Good networking leads to new job opportunities, promotions, and career advancement. Building relationships with industry leaders and mentors can also provide valuable guidance and advice. And this I've demonstrated by being in a relationship to my buddy, David. I have learned so much over the years from being at that relationship. And because of that, I've met many more people and learned from them also to the point to where my level of confidence in being able to take on Anything is through the roof. Now, networking strategies that you'll also get from your network. But the one thing you want to do when it comes to networking is to make sure you do it through the right, uh, what we call mediums. Now, uh, Dave, uh, one of the things that, that, that I've done from a networking perspective, and you can tell me what you've done. The first thing I did when I wanted to get people to take notice of my skills was I got on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn, Dave? I am on LinkedIn. Do you know that the most successful people in the world are on LinkedIn? And some of the most unsuccessful people in the world are not. As a matter of fact, you you could probably say that the most unsuccessful people in the world are not on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is for networking and getting value. But more importantly, you will succeed by adding value. So whether you do uh, LinkedIn or some other type of social business networking, the key for you is not going to be to go and take, take, take. Because when I log on to LinkedIn, LinkedIn nothing irritates me than people hitting up my email and messages and all they're doing is taking. They haven't given me anything. They haven't lent value. Uh, they haven't offered me any particular type of knowledge or experience. But And that's what LinkedIn is for. And that's why you would join that type of job or career networking social media opportunity. Uh, choose anyone. I've done LinkedIn. You can do it. Now, there's all the other social media networks also that you can use, but that's all online. Offline, you've got opportunities. You've got the Chamber of Commerce uh you've got uh what other types of groups do they got uh dave in town that you should join uh the lions club
0: yeah
1: uh, yeah yeah there's yeah there's, yeah, there's a, go ahead i was going to say there's a lot of them that aren't related to businesses at all a lot of people get together yeah, but they like, can still get you make you business that's ab- the thing that's absolutely. why you do it yeah.
0: yeah no yeah absolutely right i mean i've even i've even noticed and it is kind of it's kind of interesting my my, my daughter of course one of the things that she does is she's she makes a lot of different uh, things like you know jewelry and then she will go to these uh go to these go to these events these big uh craft fairs and uh-huh. she sells stuff there but just in talking with the other the other people the other the other vendors there the other people who are creating and she's you know she's built herself a pretty nice um pretty nice network of people who are sharing different places and different sales techniques and different things that they make and it's just interesting how you know just by being open and talking with people how mm-hmm. big of a difference that's made for her it can make for you as well
1: you know, and she's become a bigger person because of that, haven't she? Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. So um, when it comes to networking strategies, you got to go out in town. And of course, you got to go online. Now, many of the networking opportunities and organizations out in town are going to be available online. So you can start there. You can go to Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere and find your chambers of commerce, your, your Lions Clubs, uh, your business organizations. You can go to Meetup. Meetup.com and and websites like that. And you will find people who might be interested in your career, who might've gone further and who want to, who want to get together and share knowledge and experience. You can set up your own meetup group. Uh, You can do, you set up your own groups online and attract people to it. You can search for groups of people who are interested in what you are online, at your social media outlets, whatever you got to do to to connect with more people who have more skill and more experience. That's what you want to do. But remember, keep it it, uh, to where you are ready to contribute value rather than just take from others. Networking and building relationships makes you a better human being when done for the purpose of creating your best self uh, for growth and personal fulfillment and other generous, caring reasons. Networking can be so much fun that it totally uplifts your entire social life. And speaking of life, the Creating Your Best Self podcast is about making the most of your life, and that means you have to find a way to strike a pleasant balance between working and the other areas of your life that hold meaning. Dave, I know for a fact that this has been an important focus for you for over the years, and I've been a witness to it when it comes to family. Clue us in on what you've learned about work-life balance that's made a positive difference at home and in your relationships.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is a good one. So, so let's address an aspect that's absolutely essential, right? For fulfilling career. And that is a work-life balance. So I myself have at times for too long, early in my, my, my relationship with my wife focused too much on work. <laughs> I I've talked I've talked about it. I've talked about it a little bit in the past that I yeah. didn't I grew up very uh, very poor. Um there wasn't a whole you know, no one really well my mom was a major breadwinner, my you know, it was a lot with my stepfather kind of in and out of, you know, prison and stuff. But anyway, so we'll get to that some other time. But anyway, so one of the one of the things that um, I started doing was like, Well, I didn't want that for my for my wife and my, my family. So I really started focusing on the work. And I poured myself into it constantly um, as, as much as I possibly could, thinking that what I needed was just to keep my family away from poverty, push myself as far away from that as possible, give them all the things, things that I thought that they needed. When at the end of the day, I learned that, that yes, those things are important. You know, having a roof over your head and food in your belly is important, but also I'm important. My time was important to them. And so really having these conversations with my family, I started learning about the importance of that work life balance. And so when you hear the word balance, you might picture like a perfect scale, right, where where it's perfectly perfectly balanced where kind of both sides are equal. But when it comes to work life balance, you got to you got to look at that a little bit differently. So balance doesn't necessarily mean devoting the same amount of time to work and, and to your personal life because we know how how long we work and we have sleep, that it's not as easy to give equal amount of time. So this is why it's important to think about how do you how do you get a sense of fulfillment from your work and from your life, even though work may take more hours, how can you fulfill? How do you how do you feel fulfill fulfillment? And this is by having conversations with significant others, having conversations with those people in your life, and really make them feel like you know that you're part of their life, that you do care, that you are giving of your time to them. And we talked about this um, in one of the pillars about relationship, and we've gotten to that more deeply, but really got to take a look at that and really see how they complement each other instead of them competing for your time and your energy how do they com- how do they compete how do they That's compete? very
1: stressful when that happens.
0: Yes, absolutely. And so it takes some time, it takes some effort, it's something that's go- you're going to fail at but you know, uh, being a being a married man, this is the conversation I've had with my wife and it's like, "Hey, bear with me. Let me know <laughs> if I'm if I'm if I'm doing too much towards the work and not giving you enough of my my effort." So
1: well you know, it was a hard learned lesson, man. I was absolutely. there watching you do it.
0: Absolutely. And so having having that open communication is very, very important so that you can you can work on those competing times, right? And really figure out how you can make them work together. So I remember a time, um, again, is when I was working kind of around the clock and I still I still put in a lot of a lot of time and effort today. I'm not saying that I have I pulled back on that and I definitely work more than forty hours a week, but <laughs> right. Um, but I remember, I remember back when I was kind of started my career and I was working around the clock and and I was exhausted. My relationship was strained with my wife. I barely had even time for myself. Right? It was kind of one of those. It was a wake up call. I realized that all work and no play, just you know, jackal do boy. We all know that whole old saying, right? So that's kind of did. It kind of made me dull because I was I was stressed. Oh, you were I having
1: was, fun in your work, I but was, the people around you weren't. Well, but, but was I? Yeah, that's right, though, because by the time you you you're on your way home from work, you're stressing because you know you work too much, and you're gonna get it when you get home. Yeah, yeah, and was and, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that goes back to the four pillars, right? Yeah, I mean, you me wrong, I love my work, I I love what I do, I love the people I work with, I love the people, I I, I just I really really do, but you know, you got to understand that you know, there's got to have the time for for other things too. So so that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the to the effects of a poor of a poor work-life balance, burnout, stress, uh, other health issues. So those aren't just like buzzwords, right? I mean, they're They're, real.
1: They're not a joke. People get really sick.
0: Absolutely. They're tangible problems that can stem from constantly being on that work treadmill without taking the time to rest and rejuvenate. Uh, I used to, I'm still not the best at it. I told myself I'm going to do it this year. I cannot ever remember a time where I have taken every single one of my PTO days. Right. I told myself I'm going to be better at that and taking the time because that's not just for me. That's for my, for my family, but it's also for, for work too. Cause I find when I'm rejuvenated and come back, I I am much better than I was before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and plus kind of the unbalanced life will really have a negative effect on your relationship and the whole overall quality of your life. Right. So, uh, achieving work-life balance is challenging, but it is entirely doable. Right. So here's some here's some practical strategies that have that have helped me. First is set boundaries, right? Now, this could be cuz this could be as simple as not checking email after work hours, which isn't always easy for me, but maybe for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, we have such a hard time with oh, that. Oh,
0: <laughs> I know, right? But but you just want to make sure that you have uninterrupted family time, right? Yeah. Um so remember, I remember when I kind of in first decided to to stop working the whole entire weekend. It was really challenging for me, uh, but it, it significantly improved my overall well-being and the quality of my relationships.
1: And, and it improved your job too because you found about, a way.
0: I was about to say that. It improved the quality of my relationship with the client too, right? So big yeah. time, right? So all oh, that's really important. Uh, so next is mastering the art of time management. T talked about this. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? But how we utilize them makes a world of difference. So yep. just learn to prioritize your tasks. Learn to distinguish between what's urgent and what's important. And then, and then just plan your day effectively. Uh, yeah. third, third, right, is delegate tasks is another useful strategy. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got this, bro. Listen, listen, listen. listen. Okay. You don't have to do it all. And I'm pointing at myself. I should be looking to a mirror because you should be I, pointing at
1: me. <laughs> yeah. I have
0: a I have a real bad habit of of just doing things all myself. And it's not that I you don't You do think, I it's not that I don't think that no one else can do it as good as me. That's not it. I just know that it's just gonna get done, right? And so you, that's why it's important. And this is something I'm currently working on too uh-huh. is to identify the task that can be handled by others and then delegate it, right? So remember delegation is not a sign of weakness, which Which I saw is that way. It's a sign. (laughs) It's a sign of efficient management. So delegate the tasks that need to be done. Lastly, and most importantly, is prioritizing self care. Right. Amen. So so carve out time for activities that recharge your batteries. Um, It can be it can be exercising, meditating, reading, uh, going out for a walk, or heck, even playing video games. Right. So before the Mm. podcast. I was up playing the new Legend of Zelda because it reminds me of childhood, right? So I was playing it. I had a good time playing it. So
1: Grand Theft Auto.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, so doing this day, this is just kind of really kind of helps you stay energized and, and focused throughout the day. I've even started doing some yoga, but you know what? She'll tell anybody. So remember, remember, it's about creating a lifestyle. Come on, I, come on, I'm trying to move. Come go on here. So remember, remember, it's about creating, just let me pass what I got. All right. Remember, it's about creating a lifestyle that allows space for work, space for relationships, space for personal growth, and of course, space for fun. So work-life balance isn't, it isn't a destination. Okay. It's not somewhere you get to, it's a journey. It requires constant adjustment, adaptation. So just be patient with yourself. Stay flexible because you're going to fail. And remember that it's <laughs> o- it's okay to pause and to take a break when it's needed. So T, let's talk more. Let's get, let's talk about personal branding uh, and self promotion. Go ahead and get started on that one.
1: I love the topic of per- personal branding because it's fascinating. And the reason I love personal branding and promotion is because for me personally. Uh, It is an opportunity to take an idea from my head and make it real. And to not only make this idea so real that I believe it, other people buy into it also. Now, personal branding is the fun, fascinating discipline of intentionally defining and communicating your unique value proposition to the world. It's about showcasing your strengths, skills, and expertise in a way that resonates with your target audience. And I don't mean to sound all marketing uh, when I say target audience. It could be your wife, husband, boss, uh, children, uh, neighbor, anybody you want to give an impression to, a positive impression, not necessarily to get something, but to just give a positive impression, uh, that's branding, okay? Okay you want people to see your strengths. You want people to know what you can do. You want people to know uh, how clever you are, how nice you are, everything. But when it comes to personal branding, you want to limit it to a certain amount of information in order to get a particular result. Prioritizing personal branding is crucial in today's competitive job market, where, where standing out from the crowd is essential. In short, Personal branding is about taking control of your professional, well, I consider it professional and personal reputation, and creating a lasting impression that will help you achieve your goals. Now, uh, what I would like to do is to talk about a couple of some strategies that I've used and that Dave has used when it comes to self-promotion. Um, but before we talk about those strategies, there's a, a few things you want to avoid when it comes to personal branding. First of all, you don't want to lie. You don't want to put out an impression that you can't meet. Mm. Even if your resume is blank, you do have intangibles that are incalculably valuable and that you should seek a way to communicate that in your branding and in everything you do. You don't have to lie about skills you don't have. All you have to do is highlight skills that you do have. If it's not hard skills, doggone it, highlight your soft skills. Highlight your intangibles. Let people know that you are the person to get the job done, done and that you, even if you don't have the exact skill set, you are close enough to that to, to where it would take you no time and that they would get benefits in addition to that just by being patient. Next, don't aim down. We did an episode about being brave and bold and daring in your ambitions. Test your comfort zone. When As you brand yourself, uh, you don't do yourself any favors by holding back over worry that you're biting off more than you can chew. We've all taken massive bites of a meal uh, that have taken time to chew through thoroughly by swallowing a little bit at a time. Aim just beyond what you think you can handle when it comes to giving an impression in your branding, but don't create a brand you can't handle or that's insincere. In it's desperation to please somebody or to get business. If you go and you give a, somebody a business card or you create a website, uh, a, a portfolio website, or you're uh, a, a networking package that claims you can do things that you can't do. By the time you get with that person, you better know how to do it or there's going to be a problem. Now, when it comes to networking strategies um, uh, and branding strategies, uh, you're going to have to network in order to pass the, the message around. Dave. What are some uh, personal branding strategies that you use, that you've used to give people a positive impression about what you can do and what you're capable of?
0: Yeah, this is good. So here's, I just was thinking about this. This is going to be a little bit different. Um, it might mm-hmm. be a tangent, but I, I promise I will bring it back to answer your okay. question. And so um, I, I'm in marketing. I've been doing marketing now for, geez, 20 years or so. Uh-huh. And so, uh, for the, so we have a lot of new people that come in, right? A lot of people that come from, I do digital marketing. Um, and I got into digital marketing back before there was even college course about digital marketing, right? I, yeah. I, I predate all that stuff. But now you have, <laughs> you're now, the
1: proto marketing. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. The OG, right? So, so you know, we get new people that come in, and, um, and I always think it's kind of interesting. You you interview them; they're great. They have great personality. They have a really good brand, right? Because you you know, you go through the whole interview process. You're you're really putting your brand out there. A lot of people will have their own website. They will have. You know, you can go view that, you can see on LinkedIn, like T was talking about earlier, you can see all this stuff, and you can kind of see that they're branding themselves. Yeah. But then you hire them and you get them on a call and or you're you're you know, you're doing a you know, you're doing a, a mock call with them or something, and you're having them present like numbers to you, and they start sounding completely different. I remember having a conversation with with one person, and I will not say I will not say this person's name, but I'm like, why do you why do you sound so different? She goes, Oh, this is my presentation voice. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what? And so, and I'm like, okay, I, you know, I understand falling into your presentation voice. It makes you feel more comfortable. But when you're talking with clients, you want to do, you want them to know who you are, right? You want to know who, know who you are as an individual. Like I have, I mean, I have some clients that listen to this podcast, right? I think wow. it's important for them to understand who I am as an individual so they, so that they know that, you know, if, if numbers aren't good, because we can't always, no matter how good someone is, every month is not going to beat the previous month in perpetuity forever and ever and ever, and ever. it's not going to be right? There's going to be dips. There's going to be change things where things, where things change. And the only way that they're, they're people are going to understand and want to work with you is if you built that relationship with them. And so we would have these mock calls and I'm like, okay, you just went over the numbers. You didn't give any insight. You didn't put your personality into it. You didn't ask them any questions about them. and kind of getting, get, getting to know these conversations, getting to know them as a human being and let them to get to know you as a human being. And so I always go back to your, your personal brand. Your personal brand is what people see before they speak to you. They know right. they kind of know it's kind of it's bigger than yourself. Right. So they know who you are, what you stand for, what type of person that you are. All of these things are really, really important. There's a lot of different ways that you can go about building your personal brand. But the first and it part sets
1: up a level of expectation too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it goes back to what T said to begin with is you know, is don't lie. Be be who you are so that you can live up to that brand that you're making, right? Mm-hmm. And so it starts with just being open and honest. It starts with actually caring um, and let people know that you care about them. All of that is really, really important to kind of build that relationship because A personal brand, it it isn't one to one. Meaning, you're trying to get a bunch of build this brand with a bunch of people, but from that person's perspective, it feels to them that it's one to one, right? Yeah. So they're receiving one. You're giving one to many, but they're receiving it one to one, and all of that is important for people to understand about who you are. And you could do it through like blogging, right? It's something that you know I create content. I know I
1: have. Now you've, you've used blogging as your personal brand.
0: I have. Yes, I, I do. I do. I've done a, done a lot of blogging in the past. Um, I have
1: www.davidnjohnson.com. You mm-hmm. didn't hear that www.davidnjohnson.com. There
0: you go. So um, I've heard, you know, clients will, will listen, will, will read it and, and text me and say, Hey, I really like your thinking on this and we discuss it. Right. And so that personal brand is really, really important. Right. So, Uh, And I I really try to, you know, work to establish kind of yourself as an authority. And you do that by, you know, by not just telling people that you're an authority, but showing them that you're an authority. Right. And there's a big difference between the two of them. Right. Uh And this is how you can attract not only, you know, more clients to you, but even if you feel unfulfilled in your current position, you know, and you're looking to move on to somewhere else, it can start bringing you in other job opportunities. Right. All of this stuff is really, really important. Uh, really important to think
1: about. Yeah, and that's why it's so important for you to to actually do the lifelong learning because your brand improves as you continue lifelong learning. Um when somebody looks at your resume or your website and that sort of thing and you've been studying an hour a day for 3 years, you're obviously going to be a world-class authority on it. So yeah, it all fits together. This is awesome. Right,
0: yeah, that's uh that's very true, right? World-class authority. So Uh, In three years. So, um, yeah. So just don't worry about self-promoting yourself and telling people about what you believe in, who you are as an individual. Like I said, you can do it through blog posts. You can do it through
1: a tweet. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of different
0: things that you can do it for people to to understand who you are.
1: Yeah. And while you're spreading that brand around, just know you're going to get results that you may not expect. There's going to be good news and there's going to be bad news. People are going to receive you in, in, in ways that, that might not make you too happy. But in those cases, you got to learn to make sure that you have the other characteristics that are absolutely necessary for success. And that is resilience and adaptability. Dave, tell us a little bit about that.
0: Absolutely, but if you don't mind, before I get uh-huh. into that, there's a couple of things I want to bring when it comes to personal brand. I'll make it. I'll make uh-huh. it really quick. Um, I'll while we were talking, are I you interrupting talking. me? Uh, you were interrupted. You're <laughs> <Do> interrupted. <it. laughs> I know. Go <laughs> right. for it. So first thing, if you want to, you define. You got to define your personal brand before you can build your personal brand, right? Mm. So, you know, I've is, never done that. No, we'll do it. Not right? me personally. did. Identif- no. I got to identify your strengths, uh, your unique qualities that kind of set you apart from others. And and really determine how you can leverage them to kind of bring value to your team and to your organization, right? Uh, Set clear goals. Um, uh, Establish specific goals and objectives towards your personal brand, right?
1: Like Like what? what, Like like, you're trying to get enough business or something?
0: Well, what you want to be known for and what you want to achieve in your career, right? This will kind of help you to kind of like uh, uh, provide a direction and focus as you build your brand. Um, Um, Be authentic, right? We talked about don't lie. So be true to yourself. Let your personality shine through. Be who you are, right? Yeah. Don't, 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 don't create a mask. We all live with a mask of, 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 of who, a mask of the world. We're we're different Mm -hmm. to this person, to that person, you know, be who you are. So embrace your strengths and be genuine, Uh, develop that strong online presence. We talked about that a little bit in the digital age, and maybe there's more to this. We'll talk about maybe in a future episode. Uh Um, Like T was talking about network strategically right? So build a strong professional network, both within and outside the organization, right? Yeah. Uh, attend industry events, um, join those relevant associations or groups that he's talked about and participate in networking activities. Uh, be a go-to resource, right? And this is mm-hmm. something that I've always tried to work on is I want to be the go-to resource. So I'm always studying and learning because I don't want to let anybody down. So if someone comes because and goes, David, you know, have you, have you heard about this? And I can say yes, because I'm always trying to figure out, um, And learn certain things. And can I interrupt your interrupt? uh,
1: Folks, I I have literally borne witness over and over and over again, David impressing people who could not be impressed. They literally could not be impressed. And accounts are on the line. uh, Tens of thousands of dollars a month are on the line. And David walks in there. And when it's over, people are throwing more money at him. So let's do this. So yeah.
0: Let's do this. When you ask me, if, if you're going to interrupt me, say this is going to embarrass you and then don't do it. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Um, always seek, seek for the opportunities of growth. Always seek out growth and understand that it's not going to just come to you. Um, so don't be, don't be shy about promoting your achievements. Let everyone know about your successes and stuff that you've done. I don't mean be a braggart. I'm not talking about that. No. But just highlight the impact that you've made and the value that you brought. Um cultivate strong relationships kind of goes back mm-hmm. to that networking that T had already talked about and the importance of it, but really build those relationships. Really listen, show appreciation for the people, give, 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 give. Um, and then seek feedback, right? Definitely uh, seek feedback, what other people think about you and act on it, right? So this is from your supervisor, from your beer, from your peers, and from people that maybe are subordinates, right? Ask them to see how they perceive you and really take that
1: constructive f- feedback. Okay, so well, let me ask you one more thing yes. before you get, keep on. What's your feeling and take when it comes to branding, a uh, personal branding of hiring out somebody to help you out on that?
0: Um, that you no, know, I think it's important that we all have mentors, right? There's uh-huh. nothing wrong with getting help, especially when you talk about the whole work-life balance thing. It's important uh-huh. that, you, that you that you get some help and there's some people that can help you with that, whether it's your online presence and someone to build you a website or whatever, whatever it happens uh, to be, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting help.
1: There's headshot people, uh, uh, photographers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's even uh, writers who can help write your stuff. Uh, like if you're doing a resume, I mean, there's, right. uh, use your tools, but again, be honest and where, where your talent is required, make sure you're using your talent and not somebody else's.
0: Right. Absolutely. Okay. So let's get into this. The, the sixth and final one here is resilience and adaptability. So these are kind of like the two of the most essential skills you need in your career toolbox, right? Resilience Uh and adaptability. Uh, Just trust me, mastering these two can be a game changer in your journey towards career success because things change, right? The only constant is change. And so you need to be able to be resilient to the things that change and be adaptable uh, so if you're you're focusing going this way, a hundred mil, miles an hour, you got to understand that sometimes you got pump those brakes, make that turn, right? <laughs> yep. right? It's something that's important. So let's talk about, let's talk about resilience, right? So we've all had moments in our careers when things didn't go as planned. All of us. If you haven't, then you haven't gone off that couch. So I remember a lot of times, I remember a time specifically in early in my career, and maybe we'll talk about it in the future, but um I definitely faced significant failure. I felt like I felt like I hit that brick wall at full speed. I didn't make that turn in time right and I hit the wall bam right but here's the thing um it was that very brick wall that I pushed myself off of and continued to move forward right so sometimes you gotta you gotta understand and be resilient for those moments that smack you in the face right you gotta be resilient you gotta weather that smack and be able to turn in effort direction and learn from it right yeah. um, I have learned my most valuable lessons in my life, they happened because of failure, right? Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is on the same side of, of success. If you want to be a success, you have to learn to fail. You have to learn to fail, fail gracefully. You have to learn to be resilient.
1: So, That's where the lessons are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So consider the story of Steve Jobs. We all know this, right? I don't got to tell you, right? He was ousted from Apple, right? The very company he started Right. It was a devastating setback, right? You're fired, right? But Job is, he didn't let that stop him. Instead, uh, he started, uh, next, he started Pixar and he eventually returned it to Apple and leading it to become one of the most valuable companies in the world, right? So that's a comeback story and is a testament, a testament to resilience and the importance of it, right? So next on a list is adaptability, right? It's in an ever changing world. The ability to adapt is no longer just an asset. It is absolutely necessary, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely necessary. We've got AI, people. Adapt, right? Um, so career landscapes are, are going to continually evolve, right? Talk about AI. It's going to continue to evolve. There's going to be new technologies. There's going to be marketing shifts. There's going to be global events that are going to shape our work environments. We all know this in their recent history, exactly what I'm talking about. So those who can adapt, they adjust their approach and they navigate these changes so so that they can not only just make it through but they can thrive, right? So those who can adapt and adjust their approaches thrive. So um right when the pandemic hit, right? We all kind of had to uh, we all kind of had to adapt, right? We changed things a lot. Some of us were in careers that maybe they couldn't adapt, but we had to learn to adapt from face-to-face to the Zoom meetings and it's a lot yep. of different things, but you got to yep. learn to embrace that change, right? You got to learn to cultivate resilience and adaptability. So here's a couple of, here's a couple of ways that you can um, cultivate resilience and adaptability. First is always be open to feedback. Now, this one is very important is that constructive criticism, as tough as it can be to hear, we all know how tough it is. It's a very, very valuable source for learning, right?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Right. So, Make sure that you take that criticism. You should seek it. You should Absolutely, I agree. Seek that feedback from people. Take it as constructive criticism. Don't take it as, sometimes people may be giving it to you in a bad way, but don't take it in a bad way. See it as a way that maybe you can do better. Hear what they are saying. Take it as feedback and use it as an opportunity to learn and to grow.
1: Yeah, because some people might not give it to you Uh, very pleasantly because when they think about it, when you ask them the question, they'll go back in their minds. And if they find something negative, that, that negative thing that they're about to communicate, you will affect them emotionally while they're communicating it to you. So you just have to be able to forgive that part and just take the feedback and leave it, leave the emotion alone.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, uh, second is embrace the change, right? Right. Instead of resisting new circumstances, welcome them as opportunities for growth and for learning. And if you see life is that way, if you see these changes, uh, these corners that you have to take in life, as you see them as as something to be embraced and something to learn and to grow from, you'll start seeing, you'll start becoming more resilient and more adaptable just by, just by changing that one mindset.
1: Yep. Right? Don't create your own obstacles.
0: Absolutely. Boy, Boy. that's a loaded statement. Um, so maintain a positive outlook so changes they're inevitable we discussed it we all know it we can't argue that point it is changes are inevitable Um, maintaining a solution oriented mindset helps us to not only overcome those obstacles to overcome those challenges but also helps us to seize new opportunities that arise from them absolutely from them right so remember resilience it's about bouncing back stronger from setbacks. Adaptability is about fluidly navigating change together. And this is why we talk about them together. They're a powerful combination that can propel your career
1: to new heights. Dude, that was wonderful. Well, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> So thank you for tuning into today's episode. I know, folks, it was very valuable for me. I get a lot out of doing this. I get a lot from listening to David. I get a lot from doing the research to make sure I know what I'm talking about. We appreciate your time, the fact that you listened in, and we're eternally grateful that you spent it with us. In next week's show, we're going to be wrapping up the four pillars and how they're used together to create your best life. Because that's what this is all about. You're not going to want to miss this one. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, sharing,
0: favoriting, or all the above. As always, keep living your best life. Keep pushing and never, never give up on your dreams. We'll see you in the next episode.